Hello and welcome. This is the Bariatric Eating Real Talk podcast and I'm Susie Shaw. If you are new to our podcast, bariatric eating is more than just talk. We support nearly a million post-ops in our Facebook-based support groups, which you can join if you like after you listen. I'll tell you where you can find us at the end. We've created the most successful plan for bariatric regain on the planet. There's not a doctor's program or hospital plan or anyone who has addressed regain and the regain crisis with anywhere near our success rate. Thousands of people have used our inspired diet along with our help and our support to take their lives back, even when it seemed like things were hopeless. Those who help you in our groups are post-ops. We've had regain, so we know how it feels, but we've also lost that regain, and we can help you find your way back into those smaller clothes that are in your closet. We have specific tools for you. We will help you set goals, create food lists. We even have recipes so you can make meals and our own product line. So we go beyond just ideas and help you in real time with real tools that really help. Our support is made up of people who are just like me. And collectively, we've spent the past 20 years helping post-ops lose regain and learn to change their habits so that the weight stays off for good. And I'm pretty sure we can help you too. So let's get started. Now, I've got a few things today that aren't really long enough to be a standalone episode, but um, I wanted to cover them because they are important lessons that you guys probably need to hear. The first one is about support. Specifically, what is support? And from time to time in our Facebook groups, um, our admins and myself and even the founder of the company and the founder of the group, we get a little bit of blowback sometimes. We get called out for being unrealistic, for being too harsh, or just plain rude. Um... And usually it's not from the person who started the thread, but by a well-meaning bystander who posts in all caps or whatever. I thought that this was a support group, Um, and and which always kind of makes us kind of smirk a little bit. We are a support group. In fact, we're the original bariatric support group, and we've been along around longer than anybody else in the industry or the weight loss surgery community. We're the original weight loss surgery community. Um, There's a reason that doctors send their their patients to us. And it's because we don't sugarcoat the truth. You guys know that. If you've been listening to more than this episode, you know that we deliver the truth and we don't sugarcoat it at all. And the same is in our Facebook group. We don't pat you on the back after you stumble and tell you it's okay. We will give you tips on how to learn from your mistake and move forward towards a life that doesn't include starting back on track every single Monday. Sometimes those tips include getting real with yourself and sometimes it's a harsh lesson. And it's not a like unlike the ones that I share in these episodes. The truth behind our support methodology is this basic fact. Um, And I guess it's not really a basic fact, but kind of like an analogy, I guess you say. Do you have that one friend who bears you no ill will or harm, but will absolutely tell you when your boyfriend's being a jerk, or that you should buy the shoes that make you happy, or that you really need to find another outfit for that interview? That honesty is often perceived by outsiders as harsh and rude, but you get it. I've had friends like that myself in my life, and I have them right now. And I've had other people who will look at the things that those people say to me and say, ah, that's kind of rude. And yeah, it may sound rude to an outsider, but that rude advice was backed by a long time of understanding me and my own patterns and my habits. Well, what if I told you that we, in our Facebook support groups, were that brutally honest friend? We're the friend who isn't just trying to tear you down at all. But we just don't want to beat around the bush with stuff that you know in your heart. We want you to get down to business and we want to tell you how it is in reality. 
In fact, a lot of people don't even know this, but Facebook allows people to review previous comments, posts, pictures, anything that they've ever posted in a group before. And in our support groups, we actually pride ourselves in looking before we respond so that we have an understanding of what's happened in the past. So that when we say things like, hey, you've been in this group for four years and have talked about getting back on track every six months, almost on the dot, maybe it's time to sit down and ask yourself what you want and what's holding you back. Or even the really harsh, hey, Yesterday, you posted that you needed to lose 54 pounds to get that knee replacement. Does baking a sugar-free cheesecake on a random Wednesday seem like a smart move that will help you get that knee replacement? It's because we're that friend. We're that support system that actually wants to support you. And frankly, in a world of highlight reels that only show how awesome weight loss surgery is, we're that voice in the dark telling you the truth because that's actually support. It should be refreshing to find us in the storm that is social media and the modern internet. When you ask for help, we've got the guts to toss you a life preserver and tell you to grab it. We aren't trying to yell. We're just trying to get your attention so that you can save yourself with the tools that we are literally throwing at you. Most of us ended up needing surgery in the first place because we lied to ourselves often enough that we didn't really eat that much. We used excuses to cover our second helping. Things like diet starts tomorrow or everything in moderation. When we were, we were eating because it was yummy or because we wanted it, not because we were hungry. Support is not ignoring learning moments like eating to get through a stressful moment or patting yourself on the back and saying, it's okay, you're human. Because you ate pie or nuts or pickles, whatever, when you were less than two weeks out and you chewed really good. Because if you're only two weeks out from surgery, out from an actual operating room where you chose stomach removal so that you can change your life, and I want to call, again, I, I say this almost in every episode, but let's call a spade a spade. When a doctor pulls out 80% of your stomach out of your body and puts it in a bucket to be treated like waste, like it does in the vertical sleeve gastrectomy procedure, it's stomach removal. And it's not less invasive than the gastric by- bypass because that G stands for gastrectomy which means stomach removal. So if you're feeling like the admins in our Facebook-based support groups or you've heard that we're a little bit harsh or that Susan Maria is a little bit harsh and we'll call people out, or you heard the rumors about how rude we are, that we don't take jokes, don't take it personally. It's hard not to do that, I know, because I was once spoken to that way in our group, but you know what? The person who spoke to me that way, they were right. It wasn't a personal offense aimed at tearing me down. It was personalized support so that I could get out of my own damned head and lose my 150-pound regain and then go on to lose another 50 pounds so I could get to goal. I didn't want to be defined by a label of morbid obese or labeled as yet another weight loss surgery failure because I was heavier than I was before surgery. And that admin who was harsh to me, she knew that based on, on what I had said previously in the group. And trust me, I know firsthand regain's harsh. It's all too common with us who have had weight loss surgery, but you already know that. And honestly, maybe if there were more support groups out there who didn't want to mess around with things like, you're only human, or I gained after my divorce too, don't worry, you can do it. Maybe there'd be more people at goal than people who regain. We want to help you. We really aren't even trying to make people feel bad. We're really not trying to make them feel bad at all. I promise you, it's not personal when we say no. It's because we care enough to say no that we're saying no. So with that out of the way, 
Um, I wanted to deliver another strong message that many of you guys know deep down in your hearts, but you really don't want to admit it. And I, I, I'm saying it that way because it's something that I really struggled with too. It's a lesson about fat, specifically mayonnaise. And I know that's a weird one to go for, but a lot of people struggle with this one. Um, do you know why mayonnaise is so yummy? Why it's delicious? Or why cheese always seems to be yummy? Or why nuts never seem to last too long in your house because they're just so good? Fat. All of those, especially the mayo, are sources of fat. And yes, cheese and nuts have a marginal amount of protein, but they contain more fat. So they're technically a fat source, not a fun way to get your protein in. Look, this is a time for real talk. As we've noticed in our support groups lately, um, especially as we get ready closer to the holidays and stuff like that, there's been some sort of like renaissance with mayo-based foods, with cheese, on everything. And a lot of people are snacking on nuts. Um, and I think a lot of that's because people are trying to go really, really low carb to get that quarantine regain off, especially before the holidays and the new year starts. So I want to think about this using um, egg salad and tuna salad and even chicken salad, because those are really popular foods because they're delicious and they're good ways to get in protein. Eggs, tuna, and chicken are sources of protein. But remember that they're not the green weight loss promoting low fat salads your nutritionist was talking about when she said that salad was okay. And it's really not a myth. You do need some of those greens that are, that are not in egg salad or tuna salad. You need to get those daily so that you can digest food without more gas in a Chevron refinery. There's nothing in mayonnaise that you need. And trust me, with all that mayonnaise and cheese, you're going to have gas. It's not the surgery that causes the gas. It's what you eat. So here's some hard facts and why mayonnaise and cheese and nuts are not your low-carb friends. It comes down to calories because these foods are so heavy in fat that makes them calorie dense, meaning a serving is small and the calorie count is huge. And yeah, I know we preach constantly not to count calories. This knowledge I'm sharing here falls into understanding what is on your plate so that you don't have to count the calorie. To be specific, you can use this information to make an educated choice to use these foods or not. And again, it's not about swearing these foods off. It's about understanding that your lettuce salad does not need a scoop of mayo-based chicken salad and a sprinkle of cheese and some avocado because all of those foods are high sources of fat. Ideally, you would want to pick one fat, mayonnaise-based chicken salad or shredded chicken with a little bit of sugar-free barbecue sauce and half an ounce or so of shredded cheddar or the lettuce grilled chicken, and a tablespoon or two of avocado that you mashed with a couple tablespoons of tomato-based salsa to season it a little bit. You have to start thinking about making a smart choice that still gives you flavor and yum, but doesn't leave you with a high-calorie meal that won't keep you as full. Because remember, the second part to high-fat foods is that they're also usually slider foods. They're really easy to eat. They chew up well into a smooth paste and go down without a struggle. Mayonnaise on anything is an automatic slider. Cheese on chicken usually helps that chicken go down easier. Nuts go down really easy. And when things like that go down easy, they often don't last too long in your pouch or your sleeve. Um, in fact, they won't even last long enough usually to trigger that feeling of satisfaction in your brain that takes about 20 minutes to, to, to do. So you often feel hungry again really, really quick. You see, the facts for eating low fat are pretty cut and dry. Lower the fat, and you can eat more of the leaner protein and more vegetables for often fewer calories. And those foods, that protein and those vegetables, even fruit, those are the things that are going to keep you physically satisfied for longer. 
So you'll eat less throughout the day. But I want to break this down a little bit more using mayonnaise as an example, since we're kind of focusing on that. And I'm picking that specifically because it's not common to actually measure mayonnaise. It's not really common um, to do that. It's just like, it's awkward and weird. And that's the part that usually trips people up with mayonnaise. So to get your actual portion or serving size, you should be measuring it with the same sort of tablespoon that you'd pull out when you're baking. Not the sort that you eat soup with, as um, the ones in your, like the silverware drawer kind of spoons. Those are usually about 50% bigger. And that would actually even vary on how your silverware was designed, like the shape of the spoon, how deep it is, all that fun stuff. All spoons are not created equally is my point here. But if you don't believe me, take them out and look at them and then compare them to your baking spoons. They're all very different sizes and shapes. So if you look at the label on the jar of, a, of regular mayonnaise, it's typically about 94 to 95 calories per tablespoon. And again, that's the tablespoon from the baking side of your drawer, not the eating side. And I want to get even more real, that's a leveled off tablespoon. Not heaping, not rounded. But look further at that label. Because if you check that next line, you'll notice that that serving, that one serving of mayonnaise, has about 10 grams of fat. Now, 10's a small number, right? And it's not deep fried, right? Well, if you've listened to our previous episode of macros, here's what I kind of covered in that episode. This is a really, really easy fact to learn that everybody needs to know because it does serve you well once you figure it out. It deserves to be repeated again and again and again because it really opens your eyes to how the foods we eat impact our weight loss and why we often think we don't eat a lot but we weigh a lot, right? Here's the fact. Every gram of fat contains nine calories. So if something has 10 grams of fat, it has 90 calories of fat. Backing up a bit. So if that serving has 94 calories, that mayonnaise has 94 calories per serving, and 90 of them are fat, is that even something you want to put on your body? Like realistically speaking here, I'm kind of grossed out thinking about how many times I doubled down and probably tripled down with mayonnaise when I was regaining. And even, you know, to this day, if I'm not vigilant with that mayonnaise, it's easy to overdo it because mayonnaise is really delicious. It really is. Who doesn't like mayonnaise? Um, But I was thinking it was a low-carb win, and so does everybody else out there. But yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of fat. And seriously, you can do the same thing for cheese and nuts, avocado, butter, olive oil. When you consider how you actually measure those things or if you really want to be honest and remember that you just kind of scoop out or, or pour or spread or whatever, grab a handful of nuts. But suddenly your slow weight loss while following the Inspire diet or your original doctor's plan or even that stall that you've had that's been lasting for months and months or that quarantine regain despite eating low carb, it all really starts to add up and make sense, doesn't it? Your diet may not be as on point as you think it is. So the next time you make that chicken salad or egg salad or tuna salad, make guacamole, grab some cashews for a snack, you've got to do yourself a favor and grab those measuring spoons or the food scale or whatever you need. Look at the label on the package to see how much a serving is. And if the food doesn't have a label like an avocado, grab your phone and Google search avocado calories and boom, the info's right in front of you. But you've got to remember that the spoons from the silverware drawer are for eating. And the ones from your baking utensil drawer are for measuring. And they're meant to be leveled off, never heaping, unless the recipe calls for that. So to layer on another thought about fat is um, one that a lot of people tend to get tripped on up on the whole fat thing is when they're not in their own kitchens, when they're out about in the world. So I want to tell you right now that skipping mayonnaise-based chicken salad or tuna salad or um, even 
like having a salad of like vegetables only and a cup of veggie soup when you're at a restaurant because there really isn't a better choice on the menu, you know, something that's not like a hamburger or deep fried or something like that. Doing that, you know, skipping the mayonnaise-based salad and, and having just like a no-protein, basically plant-based meal, um, that's actually a far better choice because at the end of the day, it's the calories that matter. You have to remember that you can always make up for protein by having an Inspire or something else when you get home later on. Protein is typically the easiest thing to get into get into your day once we're on solid foods. But you need the vegetables. You're not going to die if you don't have some meat with your lunch. Your hair's not going to automatically start falling out because you, you had a little low-protein meal. Your body will actually probably thank you for giving it some extra vegetables. And you may notice that you feel a little bit lighter because you won't have that bloating and odd stomach feelings like you do when you have a lot of the mayonnaise-based um, choices or have a lot of cheese. Now, I want to pass on another tip that some of you may have already learned. The next time you're at the store, grab that low-fat mayonnaise and then cut the amount that you'd normally use in half. This is where measuring comes in really, really handy. But swap that other half with plain non-fat yogurt. Your salads will still be just as creamy tasting and yummy, um, but it's going to have fewer calories in your overall consumption. I also want to be clear that you're not adding something like plain non-fat yogurt because yogurt has protein. You're adding plain non-fat yogurt so that you still have the same volume of creamy texture without the calories. Again, protein is very, very easy to get into your diet. But if you watch fat, you'll actually have an easier time losing weight and maintaining that weight that you lose, and you'll keep it off longer. But you've got to get a handle on that. You have to learn what to pick so that you don't have to worry about so much about like how many calories in there and let your pouch do the work. And that work is going to be keeping your portions small. And since your calories are right on the plate, you're going to be right on the right track. And that's what this is all about. It's about learning how to make the right choices for the rest of your life without the help of um, an app to look foods up, without the help of a nutritional label. You have to learn how to eat and pick the right foods more often than not if you want to finish losing the weight and if you want to keep it off for good. And finally, I'm going to close with some harsh truths about weight loss. And first of all, it's hard daily work. It's not something that you're going to be able to just put on autopilot. And I have to burst a bubble here. It's going to get harder to lose the weight the further you are away from surgery. And many of you have already learned this the hard way. So no matter where you are in the journey, if you're um, you know, a new post-op just looking for support to get you through it and to get you through goal, or if you've already had to regain or if your weight loss has been slow, you have got to get your habits under control before you leave that honeymoon period or before it's too late. You have got to stop thinking that you will only ever be able to eat two ounces of chicken because there is going to be a day, and it may have already come, where that plate of steak and vegetables that seems like so much won't be enough. You're always going to have to watch what you eat, how much you eat, and you're never going to be able to get to a point where you won't have to. When you get to goal, that's where the real start work starts. And it's going to be a rude awakening if you haven't gotten your habits under control and you can't stay there. So you've got to learn how to make better choices. Second, the scale is your tool. During and after weight loss, it will help you. You've got to get on it and quit using it as an excuse to avoid the reality of your eating. Too many people wait until their pants don't fit to get things under control. And, you know, for most, it can take as many as 20 pounds before your pants start getting tight. And, um, and even way more before you can't button those jeans up. 
So stepping on that scale once a day could absolutely nip that 20 pounds when it's still five. And you'll easily be able to get back under control so that you won't have to stress about not being able to breathe when you sit down in those tight pants. I think we've all been there where you put on pants and wonder how we're going to manage it through the rest of the day. But saying that the scale lies or that it's too much pressure or that it's stressing you out is a really fantastic way to stick your head in the sand and say you'll get on track tomorrow or the next day. Get real with yourself and get some real accountability on how you are doing day by day. This will help you understand things like your monthly period bloat, what happens when you don't get enough water, and um, the way maybe you retain water after a long car ride, how your body responds to specific foods and exercises even. Get on the scale and stop telling yourself it's harmful. Because you know what? When you first had your surgery, it was your best friend, wasn't it? You hopped on it and even took photos of that number, didn't you? It wasn't bad when things were going your way, was it? It's guilt that's tripping you up now. And yeah, that's the best word for it, as much as it stings. Because when you're on track, you know you're in the right. You're getting proof of your weight on the scale. So why would it hurt your feelings? You wouldn't dread weigh-ins if you were on track and your diet was on point, would you? Nope. If you knew how your body responded to things like heat and sitting in meetings all day, both of which can cause water retention, you wouldn't have put the scale in another room for a few days because you can't even bear to look at it when you get out of the shower. You'd get on it in an attempt to check yourself and make adjustments like drink a bit more water or chill on those sugar-free cookies or maybe swap that cheese stick for carrot sticks so you can lower your calories at lunch. So yeah, the, the scale is actually your easiest and most honest way to get accountability. You have it at your very fingertips or your toe tips, I guess you could say, and you need to learn how to use it or you're going to be stuck in a cycle of weight gain and weight loss for life. Third, you made excuses to gain, and you made excuses not to lose. Seriously, you're supposed to acknowledge your regain and how it came to be, but don't blame it on your bad knees or on the steroids you had to take. You absolutely can say, I was on steroids, and I made some bad food choices, and that started me on a path, and here I am 50 pounds later. And it's still very true. Those steroids played a part. Your knees probably hurt. I get that a lot. I have arthritis, and um, I'm actually trying to mitigate um, a hip replacement for a few years. But I totally get pain and the excuses that come with it. But at the end of the day, the pain doesn't make me snack on things I shouldn't. It doesn't make me pick a frozen pizza for dinner or instead of a sheet pan with some chicken breasts and vegetables on it. That's me reacting to the pain. And me using that pain as a way to return to things I used to do before I had weight loss surgery and during my regain, instead of how I need to live to thrive and stay at goal. The harsh truth here is that before we picked weight loss surgery as how we would lose the weight, we used a ton of excuses to justify our behavior. Many of us used to say things while we were making bad choices. How many of you right now used to say things like, oh, well, diet starts tomorrow as you dove into the bread basket when you went out to eat with your friends? Or that you thought you needed, 20 pound, needed to lose 20 pounds to feel confident enough to go to the gym? Or that meeting, that meeting that ran late or the traffic that was bad and you had to pay extra because you were late to pick up the, daycare, the kids at daycare again, so you got burgers or Chinese on the way home because who wants to bother cooking when you're that stressed out? My point is that you've got to stop letting the world feed you lines about why you can't do the things you claim to want to do. If you want to get back on track, do it. 
Stop making excuses. Be accountable and admit, admit what happened. But understand that it wasn't your menopause. It wasn't your divorce. It wasn't bad kids. You've got to stop blaming medication, quarantine, etc., etc., etc. And you have to admit that while those things definitely happened, and many of them sucked so hard, and many of them may have made weight loss harder, it was you who decided to react by eating too much food. Remember that weight loss comes from excess calories, not the things that cause us to eat. We have the ability to choose differently, but it comes from within, and it's absolutely a choice we get to make. Fourth, you must change habits. You really have to. There's a reason this comes up in about 99% of our episodes. You will get nowhere with weight loss surgery except to back, back to where you started if you do not change some fundamental aspects of your life. If you don't change your habits, you're going to repeat the past. Fifth, you must not stop at goal. Just because you don't have to lose weight doesn't mean you can go back to your old habits. There's no point in your journey where you can reintroduce the vending machine snacks, the pasta with the creamy sauce, or five breadsticks at Olive Garden. This is for life. Your stomach was permanently changed, and your eating habits need to reflect that permanent change. Or any weight loss that you have is going to be temporary. Finally, stop making it so hard to stay on track. Some things that make it to stay hard on track are meal prepping. It's really, really time-consuming, and while it may seem like a great thing to do while you're packing your lunch, you have it ready to go, understand that the lunch that you prepped on Sunday isn't going to have the same sort of appeal on Friday after you ate it four times in a row. It's a really awkward thing to do, and many things it's necessary, but it absolutely could be holding you back. Another thing that might be holding you back, multiple restaurant takeouts a week. Uber Eats, Postmates, Grubhub, they've They've made things so, so compelling to just have food at our fingertips. But for best weight loss results, you have got to keep this takeout for special treats once or twice a month, not a few times a week, even if you're ordering low carb. Restaurant food is pumped full of fat and salt to make it taste good. Cook at home more often for best results. And remember, you really, really need to keep things simple. Simple means easy to repeat. Simple isn't boring. Simple just means it's not hard to do. You can do this. So with that, I'm going to close here, and I want to thank you so much for listening. I also want to urge you to take my words to heart. Please come join us on Facebook. We will hold your hand and help you through this. We can always be found on our website, www.bariatriceating.com. Once you're there, you can do a keyword search for podcasts to find all of our episodes listed with show notes for each one. For this episode, I'm going to link our Facebook support group. I'm going to link the Inspire Diet so that you can get the weight off for good without overcomplicating your daily life. And I'm also going to um, link two articles. One is about how to, um, how one that breaks down high fat foods and how to use them properly in your diet. And then one is about um, your portion sizes on your plate. And if you have any questions about what I talked to you about today or something that you want me to tackle in an upcoming episode, please send me an email at ask, that's A-S-K, at bariatriceating.com. Just to remind you, we are not all talk. Our recipes, our articles, and our website have been helping post-ops for nearly 20 years, and it will help you too. So please come check out our website. Don't forget to review and subscribe to our podcast so you're always updated as soon as episodes are available. And please, if you enjoyed today's episode, pass it on to someone you think may also find it helpful. And I will talk to you soon.